Hello there, and welcome to episode 80 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. So glad to have you with us for this broadcast. My name is Steve Rao, and we are so thankful for people like Greg Mitch Price of Price Custom Homes for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. You can get more information by going to their website, pricecustomhomes.com. They can help you from beginning, middle, and end of the building process. Thank you, Greg Mitch Price for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. And uh, we um, are going to have a special guest for this podcast today. And we are excited about that. But our regular co-host, she is from the tree. And she is uh, not very athletic. Um, She is uh, probably doesn't even know what a record is. And the only record that she could break uh, would be a vinyl one, if she even knows what that is. She is Kelsey Bowl. Welcome back to the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast. Hi, Steve. Have you broken any records? You know, I don't think so. I don't either, because uh, you went to Carroll. Our guest <laughs> went to Amanda. You know, yeah. a lot better school. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yes, where they set a lot of records and broke a lot of records. I mean, Carroll has some of their own. Oh, really? Yeah. You really think that's true? I do. Did you break any of them? No. No, you didn't. Uh, but our and guest also, did. Also, I just would like to say, yeah. you know, I had never thought about this before, but uh-huh. I think there should be more records than just sports, athletics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's celebrate some other stuff. Well, that's very interesting thought. Thank you so much. Uh, <coughs> we'll find out what record our guest broke. Because do I don't know. We, te- we tend to take... Pardon the pun, better record of records um, in uh, in athletics than we do. I don't know in singing or I don't dance or chess club or whatever. Academics. Yeah. Yeah. You keep records of that, like yeah. You're you're uh, you had the the best score ever in this. We don't, see, we don't have too much of that, I don't think. No, but like te- I mean, you could do it on test scores, but that's a whole conversation for a whole nother time. It is. But there are, like, academic clubs that yep. compete. Well, that's true. And uh, if we th- put more energy towards those than athletics, I just am saying share the wealth. This is from the lady who doesn't know anything about sports. Let's get on with <laughs> uh, our record-breaking guest on this program. As we promised, our guest is joining us on this edition of the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast, and she is Michelle Estelle Smith. Uh, Thank you for joining us for this podcast, Michelle. Hello. I'm so excited to be here, Steve. Thank Uh, you for having me. uh, You are welcome. We're very excited to have you. Now, I said uh, Michelle Estelle, but uh, it it used to be (laughs) Estelle. What's the the deal with with your maiden name? Yeah, you know, announcers sometimes just kind of go crazy when something happens in a game, you know, and I think that's kind of maybe what happened at first. Um, so, yeah, back home in Ohio, my my name is typically Michelle Estel, and it almost sounds like an O-L-L at the end with the little Ohio accent, you know. Uh-huh, <laughs> yes. Um, and then out here, you know, I started you know, hitting lots of three-pointers, and they were excited. So they would say, Michelle Estelle for three, you know, like right out. And so, and then that kind of stuck, you know. So, because I was Michelle Estelle for three seasons uh, uh, with the Beavers here in Oregon State. So, anyway, um, changed to Smith the last year. I got married before my senior season. Um, But, yeah, Estelle, Estelle, I'm good with both. I'm sure my dad. You know, he kind of was like, well, it's Estelle. And I'm like, well, it's also Estelle. It sounds so cool, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No, I I get that. And by the way, I should have mentioned it. uh, We record this podcast in the morning. Uh, We're in central Ohio. You are in like central Oregon, um, or maybe maybe on the coast. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, so it's really early for you. So on behalf of uh, Kelsey and I, thank you uh, for your willingness to get up a little extra early yeah. uh, and join us. We yeah. really appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, it's probably part of the story that will come out. Just maybe an early riser. Um, I really love to get up and and spend time with God when everything else is quiet. You know, the birds are chirping and stuff. But. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually out at a beautiful trail right now, um, just enjoying the sunrise as we talk. So it's yeah. great. 
enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? We'd be happy to uh, <coughs> come out and join you, but the sun's already risen here in uh, Central Ohio, so, uh, <laughs> so, so we're okay. good. Um, <coughs> now, you mentioned about uh, uh, names. You thought uh, Estelle sounded cool, so uh, even though your dad thought maybe <laughs> Estel would be better, uh, it sounds cool. We go with it. Uh, that reminds me of um, uh, volleyball. Uh, we do a lot of volleyball broadcasting here at the Fairfield County Sports Network. And um, so when I started doing it, uh, the, one of the defensive specialists wearing the opposite jersey was a libero. Um, then I heard somebody say the word libero, which sounded more French or something, and, uh, and I liked it. So now um, I refer to them as libero. Um, where are you on the libero-libero uh, spectrum? Oh, yeah, this is actually a big debate um, where I am, too, because and I have to mention you did say Central Oregon. Central Oregon's a little, that's like three hours from me. I'm closer to the coast. I just need to clarify. Uh, we're in the Willamette Valley here. And um, so, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got mountains one hour away, coast one hour away, um, all kinds of fun stuff, of course, here in the valley. We've got the tulips that are really close that are, I don't know if you've seen them online, but I have. the woodburn tulips are just a crazy, you know, that's 45 minutes away. Um, so anyway, that's where I'm at. But yeah, you know, the whole uh, libero libre thing, um, I've actually, I did almost go to school, uh, go to university to play volleyball. Um, that was one of my choices there at the, uh, the cusp of graduating. And I did choose basketball, but volleyball is very dear to my heart. So I've coached actually a lot of volleyball out here um, and uh, actually just gives me a little segue to say my daughter just committed to play volleyball at Fresno State University. So How about that? excited. Yeah. So anyway, I've been around volleyball, love volleyball, have had to watch a lot of training videos for volleyball. Now, this is what's funny. Most ordinary people would say libero, um, you know, just day-to-day at games or whatever, but he's saying libero. Well, these training videos, I mean, I have to say the guy had some kind of an accent. I don't know if it was Spanish or what kind of accent, but these training videos you watch, there's a guy narrating and he would say libero every time <laughs> you know he's we're, we're learning about you know how to sub sub the li- liberos in <laughs> and out of the game that kind of thing yeah uh, because of course the girls have to rest games and stuff at the at the tournament um, and also coaches have to up and down ref as well anyway so Correct. they would say lib- libero and he kind of roll as R just yes. a little bit and i was like that sounds i agree with you that sounds so much better yeah yeah listen <laughs> did you hear that so kelsey she agrees with me did you hear that you don't usually agree with me but she no, agrees I with don't. me there. i rarely in, agree in, with you in essence she said i was right i don't um, know if you heard that though. i didn't say i did not hear her say you didn't hear that right oh okay you but. just said it you didn't hear her say it was cooler though right did you hear that i did okay I did. yeah that disappoints you but there's all. so much that is uncool uh, about you <laughs> One thing that might be cool about you does not outweigh the other. It's others. not going to balance it out. No, no. Okay. All oh, right. my goodness. You guys are funny. Oh, wow. Thanks, yeah. Michelle. We are so glad to have you on the show. Uh, I would love to go back to the beginning. Tell us initially where you're from. Oh, yeah. I'm from Amanda Clear Creek. Woohoo! Go Aces. Go Aces. Um, I. That's yeah. so funny. Um, I went to Bloom Carroll, so one of our rivals. Yeah. We played you guys a yeah. lot. So tell us about oh, your yeah. family. Uh, my family. So my mom and dad are still out there on the farm. <laughs> um, 110 acres. So, yeah, growing up there was awesome. We had all kinds of animals. Um, and I did 4-H growing up. You know, what a great experience. Um, you know, and even just the whole idea of having to get up and go out and, you know, feed water and through the cold months in Ohio, having to, you know, I mean, we're a little old school, I guess. Some people might have more, uh, better, you know, better measures for this, but I would take a crowbar and, uh, you know, bust through the ice in the horse buckets wow. and then have to fill them up and just, you know, some, some real down country farm life there <laughs> with the crowbar in the morning. But yeah, my mom and dad are there. Um, and my sister, I have a sister who lives in uh, Cincinnati. And I do have a brother who is two years older than me, who was much of my inspiration. And he passed away um, about 12 years ago now. So, um, of course, we miss him. But, uh, uh, you know, I have to mention him because he was definitely such an impact on my life. So, 
yeah, we're so glad you did. And I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, so, yeah. so you, was your love for sports, did that start young? Oh, definitely. I mean, growing up with a brother. So it was kind of an interesting dynamic. My sister is actually 10 years older than me. My brother was only two years older than me. So my brother and I were always into something, um, you know, earlier years, it was like four wheelers and dirt bikes and Um, I rode horses and showed horses, which was a tremendous uh, opportunity and awesome, awesome, awesome thing. Uh, My brother wasn't so into it, but I remember the first kind of thing that I remember doing with my brother was going to watch him at wrestling meets. And uh, I mean, wrestling meets, if you guys have attended or, or, you know, been around that, it is such a, there's just like this warrior mentality um, in the building. (laughs) So... Um, that was my brother. And so I kind of learned that from him. And then of course with football, um, just again, that real, like, you know, the gridiron and, uh, and well, um, and, and great success, uh, when he was playing as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Of course, Amanda Clear Creek, always a powerhouse with football and, and great, you know, looking back, you can see these kind of things, but I can see the great coaching that they had. Yeah. They had a great system and, um, just a great, you know, the feeder programs uh, up into the high school, just everything from top to bottom was thorough, and I thought really well done. It um, was, and way better than the yeah. Bloom Carroll football team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the cheerleaders. Yeah, at, I don't remember Ma- Bloom Carroll being good at all. Yeah, they weren't. They were yeah. terrible. Um, I don't know that we have <laughs> much of it. Sorry, Kelsey. That's okay. And, and, and the cheerleaders were, uh, at Amanda were way better than the ones at Bloom Carroll as well. <laughs> That's directed Uh-oh, at me. <laughs> you, Michelle, how did you guess? You've only known us for a few short minutes, and oh. you can already tell. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. That's great. So yeah, what? So, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, just to finish uh, that, the idea of when did sports start. I mean, we were just always competing. We would compete in the barn with the hay bales and build forts and um you know, we would trap, like try to trap each other inside the forts and all kinds of crazy stuff. But, you know, just um, I think growing up um, where I did with, you know, alongside him, I just there, I had no choice but to be strong <laughs> and to be competitive mm-hmm. and to kind of, you know, I mean, we competed even over boxes of cereal. I'm not kidding. Like my mom would be like, I'm only buying one box of this, you know, Fruity Pebbles or whatever. And, we would just, I would hide it in my room and he'd steal it and hide it in his room, you know, things like this. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, so when I started playing more competitive basketball, um, my brother was super excited and he took me out on our little court, our little makeshift court we had behind our house. And he tried to teach, <laughs> tried to teach me. And I think he did a pretty good job um, how to shoot a jump shot, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, really kind of, there were tense moments and I tried to leave a few times. He was like, nope, nope, you're staying here. So he just really uh, took me under his wing. And and that, I think, was one of my trademarks uh, when I played at Amanda was just, I would just jump as high as I could over people and shoot it. (laughs) And people were like, whoa, like, how'd she learn to do that? You know, and I, at the time, I could jump pretty high. So that was... um, yeah, ended up being one of my legacies, and he was the one who got that started for me. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So then tell us yeah. about uh, moving into the high school career. You were playing basketball. Was that your only sport at the time? No. I actually did um, track and also volleyball, of course. Um, and I loved doing all three um, as I got older, and of course you see this more these days, um, my daughter had to specialize way earlier, but just having to put the other sports down and work on that one a little bit more. And so I do actually have a little bit of regret because I ran track my freshman year and went to state in two events and uh, with long jump and the 4x4, almost made it in the 400 Um and I had really awesome coaches um, that really inspired, you know, inspired me. 
I'm actually blanking on his name, but Tim Sykes' dad <laughs> was one of those people. Um, so Coach Sykes um, was amazing. Anyway, so I ended up giving up track. Um, I don't think I ran even my sophomore year, and it was a real hard thing. But basketball was so, um, you know, I was, my days were filled with a lot of basketball in the spring with AAU and stuff, and so it just got to be a little bit too hard. And then with volleyball, I played club volleyball, I think, until my junior. Well, I, I just don't think I played my senior year. I didn't play volleyball my senior year. And I just look back at that and I'm like, I can't believe people still, uh, you know, were trying to give me scholarships in volleyball when I didn't even play that senior season. But I really regretted that a little bit, you know, like looking back now, you know, um, I wish that I would have found a way to do it, but I was just really training with basketball. So, yeah, yeah. The, the world we live in now, as you uh, made reference to, is kind of a, a specialized world, right? And then uh, whatever sport you choose, you literally can play 10 out of the 12 months of the year, you know, uh, in that particular sport. Yeah. Um, I, we have seen, I don't know what your position is on this, but I've seen a lot more ACL injuries um, in ladies, and some are saying mm-hmm. that it's because they're not playing multiple sports as you did. Because when you play basketball, you use different muscles group than volleyball when you run track it's different than volleyball um and and so you're those different muscle groups uh, uh, you don't put strain on one particular area Uh, have you seen some of that yes oh absolutely absolutely um cross training is so important um i really am a firm believer of that and i actually um I don't know if you guys might not even know this about me, but I am a trainer um, now, mm-hmm. and I teach fit, I teach fitness classes, and so I, I do. I've just kind of continued to learn more and more about the body as I've, um, you know, grown and everything, and so, um, yeah, cross-training is so important. If I could tell athletes anything, it would be, you know, even if you can't play a season with, you know, the other team, like, see if you can be a practice player. See if you can get in there um, at all and contribute um, because you'll help your team, of course, uh, the school team or whatever, but you'll also be helping yourself out by getting those um, those reps in um, because you're right, those certain muscle groups get overtaxed. And, um, and I think it's when you're – I've found in my career <laughs> that when you're tired, you tend to, you know, tired, worn out, kind of depleted – that's when you tend to have that injury happen. And it's really hard because it's like, well, if you can predict it, then don't ever let that happen. But we all just, we do too much. We, you know, drive too hard. And um, so all those things. And I did actually tear my ACL uh, my junior year. Um, I had already verbaled to Oregon State. So that was a blessing because I wasn't, you know, stressed that I wasn't going to find a school to go to. Um, But I did tear my ACL, uh, we were up at Michigan State at a tournament um, up there in their old field house. And I just, even now my daughter was, she was talking to Michigan State for a while. And I was like, I just, I don't know if I can go there. It's just, there's so much trauma in my mind right? Um, and in my heart. So I was like, I just don't know if I'll be able to watch you without sitting there and just thinking about that. So anyway, she didn't end up um, continuing to talk to them, but um, yeah, so I had to rehab and do all of those things too. And so my heart just goes out to those kids that I see, you know, with the brace and, and working through it. Um, it definitely made me grow. It made me come toward God a lot more. I really rose into my faith, um, a lot more, um, because of that you know, during that time. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. You mentioned your daughter, um, and do you have any other children? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So she's my oldest. Um, she's 17. And then uh, I have a, uh, Asher, who is a sophomore, and he's 15. Actually, he just turned 16 two days ago. And now I can say that. He's a 16-year-old. How about oh, that? Gosh. Are you worried about yeah. his driving? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, he actually, I don't think he's practiced. He's actually, um, you know, you you maybe think of boys and you think they would be a little more reckless, a little crazy. He's actually a real careful kid. Um, he's been kind of um, somebody who we've we've called him risk averse before. Oh, uh, Kelsey knows about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love him already. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's awesome. Um, but he definitely hasn't had a chance to practice enough. So we have not gone down to get the license yet, but gotcha. we're, we're thinking, well, maybe in like a month or so. Um, but he's, yeah, he's great. And then I actually have a younger son as well who is 13 and he's in seventh grade and, um, that's Knox. So I've got Ella, Asher and Knox. Excellent. And, uh, what does your husband do for a living? Yes. My husband, Tyler is so amazing. Um, he is a, um, oh my gosh, that's so funny. I almost said chemical engineer. <laughs> oh, wow. He's not a chemical engineer. <laughs> that's hilarious. He's a mechanical engineer. Um, and he works, uh, we were blessed, super blessed that he's been able to kind of keep our family in Corvallis um, with that job because lots of people have to like kind of go to a bigger city from larger companies and stuff that he right out of school um when we graduated in 2004 he found uh this awesome company and he's been with them um here we've been able to live here in corvallis and um this is kind of a a college town there's not a ton of industry here you know Uh, but yeah so he works for them and he's an amazing he's kind of a little bit more of a boss now at this point and that's been awesome and he's just really great with people and such a man of god he's incredible he really leads our family and can't say enough about the blessing he is in our lives for sure yeah that's great stuff thank you very much for sharing let's go back Mm -hmm. to your high school days because i think maybe i heard a rumor that you once had the scoring record uh there in basketball at uh at amanda clear creek high school the home of the lady aces is that true oh yeah yes i did and i had it for like you know until just recently <laughs> yes miss miss Alyssa came along there yes <laughs> coach, uh coach evan's daughter yeah <laughs> yes so mm-hmm. um tell me about that uh particular uh, part of your life um and the joy of uh, um setting a record there oh man so I just, again, have to give it up to amazing coaches because, <laughs> you know, when you get uh, past a certain life stage and you can look back and have perspective, you know, more perspective, a wider view, you just really see like, wow, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but that was really special. So I had coach Don Barrow um, as my head coach, and he had come up from, I believe, the high school called Southwest or Southeastern, maybe Southeastern. Uh, yeah, they're Southeastern, uh, in, yes, in the uh, in the Southeast District, actually. Yeah, yep. Um, and he came up with Dick Neff and uh, Dick's son, Darren, and they all kind of came up right around when they must have, their first year must have been when I was in eighth grade. And they had a real um, keen eye to you know, look, you know, down below the high school level and see, like, what do we have coming up? And I remember them coming to my eighth grade um, practice. I mean, this was, this was rough. I mean, (laughs) eighth grade basketball practice. But he saw something in us. I mean, it was me and just several other players that he just said, gosh, you know, and he came along and said, you know, do you guys want to come up to the varsity practice? And we were like, what? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I was going to drop on the ground like I just saw the president of the United States or something. Like, yeah. what do you mean? And so he really instilled in us this, um, you know, just a real encouragement and passion and just said, you guys can fly. You know, you could do this. And so we um, were brought up to... And during that summer, I think it was like, you know, the summer, you know, before we were high schoolers. And, and, and now I see coaches that, that do that a little bit. But it was a really big deal. <laughs> it was a really yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So th- just from the very beginning, um, they were very encouraging and just taught us how to work hard, taught us how to get reps. And, you know, you do something over and over again until you, until you, you know, do it with your eyes closed, <laughs> yep. you know. Um, and they were just uh, such an amazing blessing um, because I look at that and I'm like, if I don't have those coaches, if I don't have that encouragement, I mean, yeah, I have my brother. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I have to mention that my grandfather was always talking about Michael Jordan. When I was little, I would go to his house and he'd be like, 
now, Shale, you got to see how high this guy jumps, you know. And he would just, you know, go on and on. And I'm like, whatever, Grandpa. And then my grandpa was really the person who talked me into playing basketball at the very beginning, again, um, in middle school, because he said, I think you could be so good. I think you could know. And so, again, another awesome, encouraging voice in my life. Um, but anyway, so then coming up um, as a freshman, they, you know, there were three of us. They put us on varsity, and it was just like, wow, oh, my gosh. So it was Tiffany Lamp and Alicia Miller and I. And I'm really sorry if I'm forgetting anybody else, but I remember just <laughs> us as a trio. We were, we just knew how to play together, you know. Um, anyway, and so those girls, again, I should mention their names because they, you know, gave me the ball. They gave me the ball a lot. But I recently, actually, last summer, um, I believe, or maybe it was last Christmas or two Christmases ago, um, it all runs together now when you get to be our age, right? Sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I was back in Amanda, and I um, contacted the coach over there at Amanda and just said, hey, if you want me to come in and try to run a drill or talk to the girls, and I really do love doing that because I know when I was that age how much that impacted me, and so I visited them quite a, quite a bit, and I've spoken to them. Um, and, and actually, yeah, this was after the record had been broken. So we had to talk about that and everything, the scoring record being broken. Right. Um, I, I told the girls, I said, you know, um, there were plays that we drew out, you know, that coach designed, you know, Michelle get the shot, whatever. Yeah. But all in all, like, I mean, if I could really calculate it, um, I, <laughs> I would have to say 85% of that scoring record, all of those points, I don't even know what the number is, but mm -hmm. were put back. It was offensive boards. I see. And, I mean, it was it was work. Like, and I told the girls, I said, any of you sitting right here in front of me could go do that. Like, you could just decide, I'm going to get every rebound. Yep. And I'm going to put it back, you know. And and then it was, I just remember Darren Neff, um, my <laughs> one of the coaches, just, you know, hounding me and hounding me if I if I missed those, you know, layups, putting put, uh, putting those back in. And, and he we really worked. We did mic -um drills. I mean, it was just, oh, like I just lived around the basket, just, yeah. you know, knowing how to get the ball back into the hoop. And, um, yeah, so I, I really truly believe, I mean, who knows what the actual statistic is. And, and my coach Barrow was a real statistic man. Oh, man. He taught us so much about the numbers, you know, of basketball. And so he might actually know. He could probably look through his records and know. But I feel like it's probably 85% of those were, um, you know, put back. Yeah. And, you know, I think Alyssa was quite a three-point shooter. She and was? I didn't really become, yeah, I didn't become that until I got to Oregon State um, as much. But um, because they, they wanted to be under the basket, make sure I was going to get the rebound um, there at Amanda. But, yeah. Putbacks, 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 lots of them. <laughs> well, and you also uh, mentioned earlier uh, you were great at jumping, and so uh, that, that probably mm -hmm. helped the process as well. And you mentioned Michael Jordan. Yeah. Well, Dennis Rodman made a pretty good living on uh, you know on oh, rebounding, yeah. right? Uh, and stickbacks, yeah. and uh, so that uh, yes. that system and can definitely work. Yes, and the the boys teams that I've coached because um, I you know my daughter she played a few seasons of basketball, but it was relatively cut off you know pretty early with volleyball and but the boys my boys love basketball and so we've talked about Rodman so much and just about how he studies where's the ball coming from and I'm like this is math you guys and they're both yep. really good at math and I'm like you know this is a pool table this is math right here <laughs> yes it is where's the ball gonna go and so we've talked about that so much yeah Rodman what an awesome what an awesome player, you know, just that example of, you know, really watching where's it going to come off the rim, yep. you know, and getting there. So. Yeah, re rebounds are about positioning and passion. And if you can get in the right position, you got a passion to go get the ball, uh, you are, you're are you going to be victorious uh, the largest percentage of the time. And sounds like oh, yeah. uh, Michelle um, Estelle or Etzel uh, Smith um, <laughs> was uh, pretty <laughs> successful uh, at, uh, at, at doing that. Now, I have to ask you, um, do you happen to remember the day that you broke the record and, and they had stopped the game and gave you the basketball? You remember anything about that? 
I, yes, I do. I don't remember, you know, the date, but um, I do remember we were at Circleville High School, and um, which it, just a little interesting, you know, point of fact is that I was dating for a long time uh, their star player on their boys' team. So being at Circleville, you know, I felt like every girl in the crowd just had it out for me, and oh, every yeah. girl on the team too. <laughs> they just hated me because you know I was with. I was with the little, the guy who was like the king at their high school, you know, and so they <laughs> oh, yeah. just hated me. Yeah, and so we were at Circleville High School, and um, I just remember the, the half, you know, at halftime. It, I mean, honestly, Steve, this was like, this had to be a God thing. Like, <laughs> it just, when I, I've told my kids, too, I'm like, you guys, my brother and I, you know, you'd go in during lunch or whatever and shoot shots. Everybody's shooting half-quarter shots all the time. That's, like, kind of the, the way you pass the time. Sometimes you're you're trying to throw up a shot and make a half-court shot. Well, so little Michelle over here, who can jump pretty good and all that, I there was never one time, I'm not kidding you, that the ball even made it to the basket when I shot a half-court shot. Wow. I mean, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I tried to throw it like a baseball. I, <laughs> it was never, and it, uh, people made fun of me for it, you know, right. all my friends, because they're like, what the heck, Michelle, you can't even get it there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even get it there. And there was just some kind of dynamic, whether it was my head and my wrist, whatever, like, I just could not. So this game, this was a God moment. The Lord did this, because I know I don't, I couldn't do this, you right. know. I was... So the moment it happened, it was like, you know, seven sec- seconds on the clock, you know, and we're, you know, somebody takes it out, they and then they pass it up to me. I'm like at the hash mark um, on the other side of the court, and it's seven seconds until the halftime buzzer. And by the time I catch it, it's like, you know, probably five. I don't know. Uh-huh. So I catch it there. There's somebody in front of me, but I take two dribbles, and so I get to the other hash mark, you know, closer to my, my basket. Right. And I just launch it, and it just is nothing but the bottom of the net. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the, the crazy part about this, though, is that I didn't know that this was the moment. I had no clue. And I didn't even know, they didn't even tell me it was the game that I might break it. They yeah. did not even tell me. Smart move. And so, and I, you know, I wasn't all into that stuff. I mean, I wasn't trying to do, I mean, just wasn't my focus. I just wanted to get way more rebounds than the girl I was guarding, you know. So, yep. it was like so far from my mind. And um, so, it's like nothing but net. And we're all like going crazy, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and they know, like, Michelle, you've never... <laughs> Right. He's never even made a half-court shot. And so um, we're running in just joy and everything. We're running into the locker room because now, you know, it's halftime. The buzzer is gone. And um, I hear my coach over the microphone, Shale, come back. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oops. Did you guys hear that? What right. is that? Shale, come back. And so I'm, I come out real, you know, with some intrepidation, like, did I get in trouble? What happened? Right. <laughs> and, and they're standing at half court holding the ball, my, uh, my coach with the microphone. And I said, you know, it's kind of like, what? And so they, he says, come out here. And so I walked out there and they presented me with the ball and, and said the amount of points and all this stuff and said that shot was your 1,000th point. And so it was just a tremendous moment of joy and accomplishment. But I was also like, okay, we have the rest of the game to play and we can lose this game. Yeah, Yeah, this is um, fun. Can we get in there and get some uh, Gatorade and get back out and win this thing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't remember what the score was or anything. Um, I don't know how far ahead we were. But um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite a moment. and And a moment where it was maybe one of those first times in my life where it was like such disbelief in my heart that, that that was me, you know, like this moment of knowing like, did God just do that? Yeah. Like, right. What, like, you know, that, what the heck did God just do that? Yeah. <laughs> so 
Beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. Thank you very much for sharing that with us here, taking us on uh, that journey. You mentioned Oregon State. How did that process happen where you got recruited to play basketball there? Yeah, well, again, I mean, I, I just can't say enough, like, how much of the process wasn't me, you know, pushing myself forward, but just God elevating me. And um, so one of the things that I've, you know, come to realize again with a wider perspective growing my own kids here is, and it's also a change, a sign of the times and a change, but the whole media aspect um, was, you know, such a higher factor growing up playing sports at the time that I did. Now, what you're doing with this show and highlighting kids, highlighting kids' sports um, is awesome, but I just don't even see that here where I live now. I don't see... Um, high schoolers, it, it's all wrapped up in social media. And everybody says, oh, well, social media is almost better, right? Well, it, it takes a, a real, um, what do I want to say, just a, such a tremendous confidence for a kid, and I've seen this with my daughter with recruiting, um, to push themselves forward yeah. and to elevate themselves. You know, So social media is kind of a tough thing for some kids, and it's tough for kids to... Um, I mean, I just, I, I see how it's hard for them, but what I had, uh, was, uh, there was, of course, the Columbus Dispatch, um, newspaper, there was the Lancaster Eagle Gazette, there was the Circleville Herald, these are all newspapers, and they covered us, I mean, it was kind of like, well, living in Bloom Carroll, actually, um, Kelsey, probably for you, you had, uh, maybe even more, like, you know, of the bigger papers and of Columbus and stuff. But um, I just felt like our league was really covered by all of those newspapers. And it was like every week there was a picture of me in the paper. Every, you know, every other day there's like something about, you know, our team or whatever. And um, and maybe it wasn't to my knowledge, but maybe my coach was like putting in story requests or something. I don't know. Yep, but, probably um, did. You know, maybe he did. But there was just this real um, kind of like, you know, effortless uh, thing happening that I didn't, all I had to do was go out and do my thing and, uh, and win and, and score and do all the things. But there was like this elevation happening. And so, you know, even when I got into my senior, let's see, I guess it would have been my senior year. I was like one of the Agonis Club you know, top five players. I mean, they don't have that here. They don't have these kind of things. Yeah. And um, so, you know, even something like that, just these accolades that would come from, you know, whether it was Rotary or, you know, a goddess club, like whatever, these these things would pop up and it's like, oh, they, they know who I am? Like, you know, or they heard about us or, um, and um, so I just have felt like looking back, like it was just such a, um, kind of this media frenzy um in a sense that like i had nothing to do with and that just kind of came to me so getting back to the point um recruiting um you know i uh did try out and play for the nike a team out of columbus um and so we were really you know had a lot of exposure sure and um, we played in all the big tournaments um we, you know, I think about five of those girls went to Ohio State, like committed and played at Ohio State. Um, and so just a kind of a, a great, awesome group of girls. I think I was like sixth man. I didn't even start. I was a sixth man off the bench with that team. Um, but that was some tremendous exposure. I mean, I got letters from every school around, you know, MAC conference and smaller and bigger um, and, you know, several of the Big Ten schools. Um, and then I remember coming to practice one day and, um, one of the little guards from Pickerington who was on my team, she tossed the media guide for Oregon state over to me and said, look at this. And I, cause we were all talking about schools and stuff. And I was like, I laughed at her. I was like, Oregon state, what? Who's Oregon state? And she's like, Oh my gosh, they're awesome. And like, it's, you know, she started just touting everything about, um, really the area and what it would be like to live here and 
but then also um, one of the key things was just the head coach, um, how great she was. And um, so anyway, I that conversation kind of started it. And um, I didn't reach out to them, but I think you know, again, something that was kind of out of my hands, I think that she actually was talking to them and mentioned me. And then at a tournament, the coach watched me. And so then she sent me a fax, which is <laughs> so funny now. <laughs> yeah, she sent me a fax at my hotel, which is what they would do. You would walk in. I mean, this was just crazy. You would walk into the hotel lobby to yep. go to your room. Yep. And the lady would start calling out names. Right. Because all the players, we'd be just walking through. And she'd say, you know, she's like, Michelle Estel, Michelle Estel. And I was like, what? And she had, you know, they'd just be a stack of like 20 pieces of paper. And I'm like, what is this? You know, the first time it happened, it was really confusing. I'm like, what, what are you giving me? And she's like, oh, these have come in for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what? And so they, the, the coaches would fax us. Yeah. And they would send us these messages, and that was one way that they could communicate with us. And um, yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, so start talking to them. Just fell in love with the head coach, um, and and also just as I had mentioned before, an hour from the beach, an hour from the mountains. All these like really yeah. little uh, awesome awesome things about um, this area. And so, yeah, ended up making it one of my official visits and just fell in love with the campus. Um, and, and really the coaches, um, the coaching staff was just awesome. I just felt really comfortable with them. I felt like they would make me better. Um, and, and yeah, then ended up committing on my official visit when I, when I was here, I uh, verbally committed and that was my junior year. So, um, yeah, awesome. Outstanding stuff right there. Thank you for sharing. Got two more questions for you before we let you go. One, I got to mm -hmm. ask you how you felt when you got word that Alyssa Evans broke your record. Now, she's not yeah. just the leading scorer for the ladies. She's the leading scorer for the guys as well. She's the number one scorer in basketball in Amanda Clear Creek history. Uh, how did you feel about that? Hmm. Well, I got to say, in my competitiveness, I was like, well, it's because she was shooting three-pointers. Yes. <laughs> that's, what I said. that's what I said in my head. Like, uh -huh. well, I guess it's because, you know, she's a three-point shooter. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that, that was the caddy side of me. But I was very excited for her. And actually, before she broke the record, what was so cool is that I, I was connected with Steve. Uh, as I said, some of the coaches over at Amanda still because I would come back and talk to teams and stuff but Steve reached out to me um and told me about her um and sent me like an article and stuff and so I was just so excited to get to talk to her and so I talked to her a couple times before the record was broken and uh, which was really cool I mean it was like this moment where I felt like I was Magic Johnson and you know yeah. she, <laughs> yep. like, she was this younger player coming in and so it was really, um, you know, affirming and honoring for me as well because, of course, she was excited um, to knock my name off of there. And to uh, so it, I was just really happy for her. And, um, you know, she's a sharp shooter. It's, yep. it's amazing to watch her. I've seen some video. It's like, oh, my gosh, whoa, like lights out, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah so excited for Alyssa. And we've kind of kept in touch a little bit. I haven't spoken to her or texted her in a while, but... Um, yeah, just a really neat girl. So yeah, no, no question. Be happier for. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's great stuff. They say records are made to be broken, and uh, apparently right. uh, <laughs> Michelle Estelle <laughs> uh, broke the re set the record, and mm -hmm. then Alyssa uh, comes along to break it. You probably already know this, but she's also a thousand point scorer in college. She's actually got that. Uh, oh, did she? She I did. didn't know that. Yeah, she did. Oh, uh, oh my god! And so she's just been very, wow. very successful. Um, uh, um, mm. Some. Someone once told me we don't stand on our own. We stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. So the Alyssa Evans yes. of the world are standing on the shoulders of Michelle Edstow. And I think uh, <laughs> that is a beautiful thing right there. Oh. Final question. Talk to us about your Very journey beautiful. of faith. Oh, man. Yes. That has been the most important thing in my life. I mean, since I left my house in, in Ohio, the farm life with the crowbar and the ice, you know? Uh-huh. 
Um, I think that's just been, I just looking back, it's just been the biggest factor. And um, so just my, my quick little elevator testimony here would be um, basically that I did um, know God in high school. Um, I just was so fortunate and just had just so many blessings around me. Um, in middle school, a family took me to church. My family didn't really attend. So I went with uh, this other family and that really laid some foundation and planted some seeds. And so that was amazing. Um, I'm still just such good friends with them. And I've sent them. I would highly suggest if anybody's listening and you're like, oh, yeah, there was that family that helped me. I would just suggest sending them a card or a note and saying, you know, telling them like what they what their life of faith, how that influenced you and how them stepping out and reaching out to you influenced you. And I've definitely done that. That family is just so precious to me. Um, and then in high school, um, you know, with sports, it's really tough because kids aren't around on Sundays, you know, and I've found this even with our kids now, um, it's tough. And so I just really just encourage, implore, <laughs> um, exhort all the things. I just would say, if you can be part of a community of faith, um, because we can't walk by ourselves, but really uh, in high school, I, I just found ways to, to get a Sunday here and there. And I had a pastor who really, um, he keyed in on me because, of course, he read the newspaper. It was in uh, Lancaster right. um, at New Hope there. Um, at the edge of town, he would read the, read the newspaper and stuff, and he found out who I was, and he played football at Southwest Missouri State. Uh, this was, past, oh gosh, I'm going to totally forget his name right now because I'm all uh, thinking about other things, but he was just amazing. Um, John Dawson. Yes. Uh, and, and Sally. Yeah, and they were just amazing. Um, and he talked to me. We had probably three or four sessions where, I mean, this was real, my first introduction to discipleship, honestly. He took me in his office, and we talked about what it's like to be part of a team and how, um, you know, you kind of have to stand up for your beliefs or, you know, the way that you want to live, or else you'll kind of just fall into the river and go with the flow, you know? Yep, yep. Um, and so we spoke a lot, um, you know, it felt like a lot, to a teenager now I see well that was only like three or four times but it was so impactful and so I came into Oregon State as a freshman um, and really made sure you know in early team meetings and things I made sure that people knew like you know I'm a Christian and I you know sometimes saying I'm a Christian is a tough thing to say because you don't know what that means to everybody else in the room true <laughs> um, and so I did say you know talked about being a believer and, you know, honestly, Steve, I had my ticket to heaven, but I, I really didn't know yet, like, you know, how how to make Jesus Lord of my life. And yeah. I think I really discovered that piece um, toward the end of my sophomore year. And again, um, I had people of faith around me um, because I had kind of had to intentionally go find those people. Um, and, you know, I'm talking about all the things that kind of happened to me to get me to Oregon State, all the ways that I was elevated and brought um, into this. And really, with my faith, I had to go get it. And I had people around me, but I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> um, it, it, was, it was a real, um, because especially, I mean, of course, Ohio is a little bit more, um, there's a little bit more of a, a Bible Belt feel to yes. being over there. And here, it's it's not like that at all. And so, um, I, to me, looking back, I feel like that was good because I, I did have to go and intentionally find, you know, a meeting for athletes who were Christians. I had to go, um, you know, ask um, this, this wonderful lady who did pursue me um, from our church. We started meeting and doing real discipleship, like one-on-one -on -one talking about the Bible. Um, and uh, that was that was huge, huge. Um, and then, you know, after that, I actually ended up meeting my husband, um, and we were engaged, oh, like five months after we met. 
And it was just one of those things where I was close to God. And so I kind of knew, you know, and, and he was also close to God and he kind of knew, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Yes. And so, and so even that process was maybe a lot less confusing and a lot less, um, there were, you know, there weren't a lot of question marks because I felt like I'm hearing from God and I know that this is, this is happening, you know. Yes. And so we were engaged and then we got married pretty quickly, um, a little less than a year after we had met. Um, and that's why I got married um, after my junior season and, you know, wore uh, the, the name Smith for my senior season. Yeah. And, um, and we're, we knew that God had a pretty big purpose for our, um, our, you know, our partnership because we both were very, um, just really could see how God um, could help you know, other athletes on campus. My husband was an athlete at Oregon State. He did crew um, for a year and uh, and then ended up uh, being a practice player, using eligibility and everything, being a practice player for our women's team with, with us. And so that was part of how I knew yeah. <laughs> that this must be love because he saw things, you know, yep. in my worst state, like blood, sweat, and tears, and, you know, getting yelled at and stuff at practice, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, this or that. And and he he was he was there a lot, and so he saw that. And so anyway, um, but I did want to give a few scriptures that just were super impactful um, over the course of me um, going through it. And and really, <laughs> the first one I was going to share was just um, a real like just when I was in my youth. Like I this was like one of the first scriptures I latched onto, and I look back at it and I'm like, you know, I think it was just that I really did want, I wanted what I wanted. And so yep. this scripture, um, Psalm 37, 4, you know, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yep. And that really led me through even some tough times with my team where I just felt like I want to be closer to this teammate, but she's out there doing some stuff that I don't want to be around. Like, how do I, you know, so that was a desire of my heart was to, have these close friendships with the girls on my team, you know, at, at times and, and just seeing like, gosh, I just don't think it's going to be good for me though, to be yep. around what she's doing. And so I just would, I'm going to take delight in you, God. And I'm going to, I'm going to hope that you'll help me navigate this, you know? Yes. Um, and so that was incredible. And then, um, really just such a huge foundation that the lady who discipled me, um, through college, Roxana Campbell. She was also in my wedding. She was just such a precious, she is a precious person to me. Um, it's just Hebrews 4.12. And Hebrews 4.12 says, uh, for the word of God is living and active, mm-hmm. sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that following verse, um, you know, 13, saying nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. And sometimes we really need to be reminded that, you know. Yes. <laughs> um, but really just leaning into the fact that the Word of God is the compass. It is the way to go, and it's going to be the thing that leads you, you know, into awesome, awesome things. And it's going to show you who you are. It's going to be a mirror to, you know, your soul and really show you who you are. Because a lot of times we like to lie, you know, lie to ourselves about who we think we are. <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. That's very um, true. Yeah. So, um, and then I think the, the other one, I mean, this is just one that a lot of athletes know um, is just that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've, I really lean into even the, the previous verses there. Uh, so this is Philippians 4, um, and it just says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And then it's right here. I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry or living in plenty or want. And then I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I feel like, you know, knowing that you might be in an uncomfortable situation, 
which college athletics is filled with a lot of uncomfortable situations. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you are kind of pushed. I mean, I just had this view that it was like kind of like boot camp. And, you know, from, from whatever movies we've seen, like G.I. Jane or whatever, it's just like you're pushed to your limits and you just, you know, and, and also that you don't own yourself anymore. <laughs> and I, I feel like college athletics is kind of like that a little bit. Like, I mean, if you're going D1, it's it, like you don't really own yourself for those four years. They own you. They're going to tell you where to be, what to do, how to do it, what to eat, all these things, you know. And um, it's, it's like this really um, can be daunting at times, uh, amazing at times, just training uh, of your, your entirety. You know, it's, it's body, soul, and spirit. And so God really showed me, you know, how to be content. But also, you know, when I'm in a training room for my knee hurting or something, I just being joyful and just being a joyful presence and showing that God is, God is my fuel. And um, towards, you know, the end of my career, like junior and senior year, I just had decided, like, I'm not really playing for myself anymore. I'm playing for him. And I'm here because he wants to speak truth and love to these girls. And, you know, he would always highlight certain girls. And I just knew, like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be here to help encourage her and to bring her closer to him. Yeah. And so those, that was, yeah, that was huge. That's um, great. Uh, yeah, yes. th thank you very much for your willingness to yeah. share there. Um, and quite frankly, it's not just uh, the case in the athletic world, right? Every place that God has planted us, right. he has a job for yeah. us to do, and he wants us to see yeah. those in need and share uh, the gospel with them, uh, share uh, the love of Jesus with them, and yes. help guide them. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's we're doing It's Amen. a team sport, right? Life is a team sport. And uh, trying uh, to deepen our relationship with God, that's a team sport. And if I can yeah. encourage you and then you can encourage me, guess what? We both win in that situation. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's great stuff. I uh, uh, applaud so your good. willingness yeah. to do that. Um, uh, right, right before we yeah. let you go, I, I found this fascinating. Um, <clears throat> Alyssa Evans was not born mm -hmm. when you broke the school record. So I'm thinking about my friend Kelsey here. She's got two children, but she might be about to have another kid. I don't know. What? I don't know. I'm just guessing um, that maybe uh, she's going to have a third kid, and that third kid could break Alyssa Evans' scoring record. Oh, my goodness. And that thought blows Go. my mind. Um, That's true. Yeah, what do you think, Kelsey? It could. What's even weirder is uh -huh. my five-year-old daughter this morning, we're on the way to school, and she's like, uh -huh. I want a baby sister. And I'm like, no, like oh. we, like we, not no, like, like I just was like, where did that come from? Right. Like, that was so weird. We have not been talking about more kids. And right. I can't believe you just said <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I don't want to read into this uh, right uh, now. Yeah, let's do. No, um, no. And, and maybe this sister of, of Lucy's, Lucy's going to yes. break Alyssa Evans' basketball record, scoring record. Maybe. Yes. Probably not, since let's you don't have go. any athletic bones in your I body. Know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, I don't think that will happen with <laughs> me as their mom, but maybe. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, we can still. <laughs> we can still hope, right? I mean, that's the, the hope of Jesus Christ that uh, makes yeah. these things uh, possible. Um, uh, Michelle, right. Estelle, or Etzel um, Smith, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your life and experience here in Central Ohio, uh, out there in um, Oregon. Uh, thank you for your yeah. passion for Jesus Christ and your willingness to shine the light of Christ. Uh, we trust the Lord's blessing on you, uh, your family, um, and your work as a trainer there as you continue to shine the light of Jesus in that area. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful to get to share all that he's done and all that he's doing, for sure. Thank you. Uh, you are welcome. That is Michelle Estelle or Etzel Smith joining us here on this edition <laughs> of the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast. 
So that will conclude episode 80 of the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast. It was great to have Michelle on, uh, learning a a little bit about her sports history, her uh, love of Jesus, her family, um, and uh, being able uh, to, um, oh, maybe hear a little bit of the pain in having Alyssa Evans break a record. Uh, But uh, I guess if records are made to be broken, then um, the exact thing thing happened. Uh, We've set a record. We've never had 80 podcasts before. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Are you ready to break that next week? Let's do it. Are you? Yep. Okay. That sounded almost positive that you were excited about coming back. (laughs) Huh. That's unusual. But I'm happy about it. Good. Now, that's Kelsey Bowen. She's with the tree. I am Steve Rowe with X-Church and the Fairfield County Sports Network. A special thank you to Greg and Mitch Price for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast. They can help you from beginning, middle, and end of your building process. You can get more information by going to their website, PriceCustomHomes.com. A special thank you to WLRY and Save Radio for broadcasting the SAS as well. Great to have you with us. Join us next week at this exact same time for Episode 81 of the Sports and Spirituality Show.